There is no roadmap for what is happening in the world today, but the more informed you are, the better your chances are for successfully navigating these uncertain times. This is why the registry continues to bring its real estate news coverage to keep you informed and better prepared to meet the challenges of the industry. We can only do this because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at the registrysf.com in San Francisco and at the registryps.com in Seattle. Today, we sit down with Doug Demers, the managing principal of the Seattle office of B plus H, a global architecture and design strategy firm. Doug is, first and foremost, an entrepreneur. In business, at play, and in life, there is nothing he approaches without wondering how he could do things differently and improve the outcome. His entire advanced strategy team, located in the Seattle studio he founded as B plus H's first U.S. office, has enthusiastically embraced his unshakable belief that there are no challenges that can be solved for the better. With that in mind, we welcome Doug. People come to the San Francisco Bay Area for many reasons, a spectacular natural setting, a sophisticated lifestyle, and unique professional opportunities. Those seeking these qualities will find all that and more at Hacienda where you can work, live, and grow. A Hacienda location means having the best of everything with an easy reach, whether it's world-class restaurants, theater, and museums, the best learning institutions in the country, or some of the finest services available. That particularly applies to businesses wanting the best address to have easy access to needed resources, being among other industry leaders and knowing that you are part of a region that leads the world in innovation. The result? An unbeatable combination that leads to success. And that is what you will find at Hacienda. Find out more by visiting Hacienda on the web at www.hacienda.org. Doug, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Nice to be with you. Yeah, where are you today? Where does this podcast find you? I am at my home in North Seattle, my home office. Is your office uh, opening up slowly, or are you guys still uh, kind of uh, working from home and trying to figure things out? It's a so we're in the middle of planning our reentry, uh, and of course, the information changes almost daily on what what we're doing and how we're doing it. Uh, we were at phase 1.5. Now we're almost to phase two and they all have different nuances. And depending on where the information is coming from, it's, it's sort of hard to, to tell exactly what steps from a tactical standpoint are, are required. And then overlaying that with what steps are emotionally needed by, uh, the folks that, that we work with. So it's at this point, we are, we have, uh, the leadership team has gone in the office here and there, mostly Monday for a few hours uh, to do kind of rote things like mail and and all those all those things to keep things operating still. So the, the business has continued to operate fine, uh, pretty well, actually, considering yeah. that the team is completely working remotely. But what we're doing now is is organizing for reentry and and again, it'll be sort of uh, twenty the twenty five percent current guideline and the social distancing and a variety of other requirements around hygiene uh, that we've kind of identified yeah. a, 
a big list of things that we're doing. And but but we've also overlaid that with we did an employee survey globally and then with data sets for each studio and we've sort of identified what people's concerns are and then we're we're potentially creating solutions for how we would occupy the space so it's going to be a hybrid of things right uh, yeah there might be multiple teams that are there on monday tuesdays and wednesday thursdays and friday might be a complete work from home day people may come in and use uh, focus rooms as a as a workspace for a day, like a concierge sort of model, and then those are deep cleaned and and used by somebody else. Yeah. So we're working through all of those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I imagine it's an interesting challenge, you know, given that you're working for your clients on the similar sort yeah. of solutions, and then <laughs> here you are have to turn around and then figure out how that works internally for you guys as well. So. It's an interesting conundrum, I suppose. Well, the good thing is the information's flowing back and forth between everybody pretty freely. I mean, I've seen, I've been involved in a couple of uh, roundtables and, yeah. and discussions, and and they everybody is is pretty open and and pretty happy to share what they're thinking and what they're learning, so that that we all can do the right thing. So that's kind of a nice thing. So, uh, Doug, uh, just by way of introduction, uh, what I usually ask our, our guests to do is to, you know, give a little bit of an overview, you know, who, who they are, who their firm is, you know, what, what, what you do. I think uh, it's, it's uh, uh, probably best if you guys try to explain that than me try to narrate it. So I would, uh, you know, lo- love to hear a little bit from, from you about, you know, your firm and, and you, how long you've been in industry, you know, here in Seattle, where you guys are present and so forth. I've been doing this for about 30 years now, actually, maybe 31, um, so a while, uh, in mostly the uh, planning and design side of the business and, and real estate. Uh, so I've kind of touched on many different areas of services around clients and and professional planning and design and real estate strategy. And about uh, seven years ago now, we started the U.S. arm of a, a Canadian-based uh, global uh, planning and design firm, B plus H, uh, with the intent of both building a, a U.S. practice, but also uh, adding a strategic offering that the firm was very interested in and that me and, and some of my colleagues have been doing for, for many years around uh, real estate strategy. And that's the advanced strategy practice, which is based in our Seattle studio, but but serves clients and our other studios globally. And so that's that's kind of what what we've been doing is traditional architecture interiors planning work, which the firm has always done uh, and we do. But we also have this added focus around uh, strategic consulting for clients, a variety of areas. And there's four major buckets, I think, that we focus on, which you know, are around portfolio optimization and workplace strategy and development solutions and uh, experiential stuff. So those four buckets are kind of specialty areas that we lead out of Seattle. And and those are very active right now, as you would imagine, given the the disruption that we're all in. Yeah. Where are some of your uh, more prominent offices around the world? Well, of course, Toronto was the founding office and is a, a pretty substantial and storied uh, Canadian practice. Uh, our Shanghai office is, is is quite large. That's the second largest studio in the, in the system. And then uh, actually Seattle is the third right now. 
and then we have offices in Hong Kong, Vietnam, uh, Singapore, Dubai, and um, Calgary and Vancouver. So I imagine with your global presence, uh, you guys are probably a little bit, uh, you know, ahead of the curve in terms of understanding what COVID might do, will do, <laughs> how it's kind of coming through. Uh, tell us a little bit about sort of as January, February of this year was evolving. What, what, what were some of the sort of early signals that you were hearing? Well, the, initially, of course, it, it Im- impacted our Shanghai uh, studio, and they were the first to be closed down and to kind of deal with the ramifications of of that and then work from home strategies and just you know the whole the whole impact on business as people were trying to understand what was what was going on and how to respond the other studios in asia have had different experiences it's it's been interesting to learn how different countries and different regions uh, have been impacted and then have responded yeah. and they're not all they're not they're all different so it's it's been you know for instance shanghai shut everything down and then you know as the curve started to go downhill they reopened and they've been reopened almost for two months now ho chi minh city had had a vietnam had a pretty minimal impact uh, they shut everything down quickly and then they pretty quickly reopened and they're also fully operational Singapore didn't have the same experience. They sort of started out with it, it didn't seem it seemed like they were managing it pretty well, but then it spiked, and so they're they're on a um, work from home. I guess that's the the a government instituted work from home, re, not requirement, but I think it's being strongly pushed uh, until the end of this, until at least the fall. So it's been interesting that that way, and of course Toronto is 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 behind Seattle as far as impact and uh, some some things are for instance construction sites are are back open in Toronto but their numbers are still high interesting um, yeah and BC as as you as you know uh, was only very mildly impacted yeah BC has done really well and I think they have a, a, a sort of a little bit of a rock star kind of health 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 care yes. <laughs> Um, uh, chief of healthcare. I, I don't know what her, you know, official title is, but but sounds like she's um, she's done some, you know, really amazing work sort of north of us here. Yeah, great. Um, so, Doug, um, uh, as you guys are kind of learning about this, and obviously, you know, you're working with your clients, and and as we said, working with 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 your employees also on trying to, you know, re- you know, re- reestablish your offices and um, and some new norms. What what are some things that are emerging? You know, as you work uh, with you know companies, how how are they approaching entry? How are they approaching space utilization? How are they approaching you know people working from home or working in the office? Um, you know, what what what's the landscape out there like? I I would say, and and the way we we characterize the it's sort of a two step response that that our clients and that that we are. Are seeing and and we call it stabilize and strategize, and and the last month or the last couple of months have really been about stabilization. So that's kind of like assessment. Some of the bigger technology companies we work with uh, have been looking at their portfolio and saying, okay, what is the impact of this? And um, there's actually been a variety of of discussions, planning activities around potential impacts and then how they affect the real estate footprint at the highest levels 
with, you know, ultimately down to very specific kinds of tactical changes that happen to accommodate the current situation, the midterm situation. And then, and then I don't think any of us are entirely sure. We have some ideas, but I don't think any of us are sure yet what the long-term impact of this is. So we've been involved with um, that kind of work. And, and what's one thing that has been sort of interesting is that when you overlay the impact of social distancing of work from home, it it tends to provide some sense that that it's not going to be completely, you know, it's not going to be a, a an immediate and dramatic impact to the real estate footprints of these these organizations, most organizations. It will over time perhaps yeah. have more significant impact, but. If you were like to take your real estate portfolio in Puget Sound and overlay the, the types of, of um, social distancing, uh, not using some spaces, uh, work from home strategies, and then your your actual occupancy around, you know, people's vacations and sick times and percentage of time they're in the office, it's kind of close to a wash. Uh, at least for most of the tech companies that we're uh, looking at right now. Now, as we go forward in time, I think, and we understand better uh, what tasks, what activities are best supported in work-from-home strategies, and we come up with different solutions to how we operate businesses or organizations with these kind of hybrid, you know, when you're in the office, what activities you're doing in the office, when you're when you start to do that, I think you're going to see some uh, changes in the product mix. So I think you'll see less, you know, less traditional office space and more variety of hybrid meeting kinds of spaces because the times people come together will be, are, they already are, are dramatically more important uh, than they than they may have been before. Yeah, that was going to be my follow up question. How are companies considering the utilization of their space? So, um, you know, a big part of it, of the sort of I don't know, the last decade or so, was designing space where you know there's a lot of interaction. This kind of you know coincidental kind of you know you know meeting and bumping into people. And you know, I know I know in the case of you know WeWork, for instance, they you know. Uh, you know, made their hallways and walkways more narrower to sort of, you know, um, you know, (laughs) right, exactly. Right. But now we don't want that anymore. Right. We, we, we don't want people sort of lingering in kitchens and around the water cooler, if you will. Um, What will go away and what will be emphasized more in the, in the office space? Um, I, I think it's going to depend on the type of business or organization and the type of activities. So, you know, I think that certain sectors like banking, like accounting, things like that, are going to see a significant impact because they can do a lot of those tasks from anywhere, really. Yeah. And so uh, the reason for office space would be more when they need to come together. So it, you could see significant footprint changes over time, and I'm already hearing that from the marketplace around uh, banking and financial institutions. I think that the creative side, software developers, the arts, you know, the the and our industry, planning and design, um, they are realizing that some things don't work as well in work from home strategies, and they're 
there's a human aspect of it that maybe someday some of our virtual technologies will allow us to bridge that gap. But right now there's a, there's some issues around uh, ideation and collaboration yeah. uh, among humans is, is not as successful in a virtual communication medium, which is all we have at the moment. Right. So I think that's, that's interesting and going to have an impact and that has an impact on the kinds of spaces uh, there's, you can take it to different scales too. You can be talking about, you know, how it impacts uh, an organization, a business office, but you can also talk about it at the community level because as, as this hybrid of, of the variety of ways people can work affects their choices on where they work, you can potentially see a decentralization of where people are working and where they're living and where they're playing. And I think we're already seeing some of that. I, I heard last weekend, for instance, that the real estate market for uh, residential was just hopping on places like Bashan Island because people are going, well, if I'm going to be only in the office one or two days a week in downtown Seattle, I could live anywhere. Yeah. And and so I think I think that's going to open up a lot of a new variety of mixed use kind of products in in more in a more distributed model. And I think that could be good, actually. So, you, you know, you could see housing and, and, and hospitality and office uses in mixed use products that are uh, more decentralized and, you know, connected by transit, but allowing people to, you know, not have to be in the CBD, which allows some good things to happen in the CBD. Right. The time. There's a reinvention right. opportunity. It takes the stress off of the traffic and, tra you know, the, the infrastructure um, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. There is a silver lining to a lot of the things that we're learning from this whole grand experiment that I think if we're smart, uh, are going to have some, some positive impacts. Yeah. And what are you seeing in other sectors? So we talked a little bit about office, but you guys obviously have clients in the healthcare and hospitality and higher ed sectors also, um, what are some kind of, you know, big changes there? Again, there's there's like two steps to to this uh, to the the impacts of this. The first is sort of what's what's realistic and possible in the in the near and midterm, and then and then what are the real strategic changes that happen? I think that um, you know certainly on healthcare, what we're what we're seeing is you know a real focus on gee, the same as work from home. All of a sudden, medicine distance medicine, which has been going on for a long time is all of a sudden become a primary tool as people don't want to go to the hospital or the doctor's offices. And, and doctors are leveraging that technology to be able to meet and, and at some level uh, support, you know, their practice virtually with, with their patients. Um, I, you know, I have two teenage boys and one of them had a rash or something. They didn't know what it was. And, and the doctor was able to do like a zoom. I don't even know if it was a zoom or yeah. what meeting format it was and you know basically s saw him and and uh, talked about what was happening and you know turns out it was nothing that's always good uh, but but i think that we're not going to go back from that i think that that the medical profession is going to be impacted and that's going to impact facilities over time uh, same thing you know on the higher ed side that's a mass scramble right now yeah short term right what happens in in the fall are uh you know can can Will we be at a place where uh, students will be able to go back? And if they go back, is it 
Is it full time? Is it is it a hybrid model? Is distance learning become even bigger than it's been growing already? And you know what that, what then is the the university campus's function if it's if it's not just the place that you get education? It becomes more than that. You know how does it need to change? I know we've been having discussions with some of the university systems in Washington State, and you know they're 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 all like scratching their heads and and sharing lots of information trying to figure out. You know what is the what what are we doing to prepare for fall, and then what are the bigger longer term impacts of this? Because it's and 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 in the short term, it's not just going to classes. Because you think about like WSU, those those students are out in Pullman and they're on a a, a big sprawling campus, so they live there, they play there, they eat there, they they're they're Mingle. going to school there. All <laughs> yeah. that stuff has to has to be thought thought about. It's kind of a complex model of of how you impact that. Uh, and I think that's, that's what every major higher ed and well, it's what every educational institution is dealing with right now, even at the, at the elementary and, and high school levels. Yeah. I can imagine the higher ed world really being impacted, you know, way beyond, I think maybe what the office or hospitality or some other sectors are simply because, you know, what will dorms look like? Are we going to have, you know, shared bathrooms going forward? Are we going to have classrooms where, you know, you put 150 or hundred kids in front of a, you know, a professor who's, you know, 50 plus, right. Who is, uh, you know, probably in a in a higher risk category of uh, you know getting sick, right? Um, h- how all that is going to play itself out, and then will the buildings have the same purpose that they had, you know, twenty, thirty, ten years ago, right? Last year, even. Um, yeah. So re- rethinking all of their real estate, I think, will be will be very interesting. And then also, how will they be able to finance it, right? I mean, if uh, if you know, it's a it's a real interesting conundrum, I think, for that for that sector, perhaps more than some of the others. Yeah, I mean, a huge percentage of their income comes from student housing, or, yeah. you know, on campus, and so if that's not happening, then I think, and and again, there's sort of the short term, the next six months, the next year, till there's hopefully a vaccine, and and this becomes less in, impactful, uh, but then you know who knows what the next thing will be. I think right. it's a it's a big learning experience for us around the potential vulnerabilities. And uh, resiliency is, of course, what everybody's talking about right now. <laughs> and you mentioned about the buildings. Well, what I'm hearing is a lot of these buildings just have got to be, you know, they have to embody flexibility and resiliency to be repurposed easily because that's probably going to happen. And so how do you think differently about uh, the buildings and the portfolios that are and, and and that's actually almost sector agnostic, right? Um, so it's uh, and, and and then you know on the hospitality side, the immediate sort of feedback uh, or discussions that we were involved in was around okay, well here's a series of protocols around cleanliness and distancing and and all those sort of things that you could script. And I think most of the major um, hospitality players are addressing that pretty aggressively so that they can get back on track and and reopen and attract people you know a month ago what i heard a lot of was that the the resort product is going to be the the first to come out of this in in any kind of would would be the most resilient because if you if you have the money you can go to a, a you know a place that's uh probably remote and probably lots of space and distance and 
a high level of service. And so it's probably pretty safe and they would be the ones. And I think that's true. I mean, we do a lot of work with um, Noble House, which is, you know, uh, regionally based, but they have properties all over the U.S. and they have a lot of stuff down in Florida and they have a pretty cool little island off in the Keys. And yeah. that product went online, I think, a week or two ago and, and is sold out. I mean, so yeah. there'll be pent up demand and I think the hospitality industry will will come back. We also do work with with some of the the newer products like, uh, say, a Citizen M that have more of a very a small, super efficient, uh, doesn't have a lot of, of services and people, uh, highly crafted environment, but but simple and clean. And, and so you know, for a business traveler, that product is probably going to do, you know, better than others. And I know there are, everybody's kind of running to the same, the same places, uh, as far as the offerings and, and all the flags and big names. Yeah. And, and just for the benefit of our audience, Citizen M is a, um, uh, now correct me if I'm wrong, Doug, but this is a, uh, uh, a Scandinavian hotel model, right. That, that, uh, has entered North, North America also. The, the, they're based in the Netherlands. Oh, um, Netherlands. Sorry. Yeah, um, and their their product is almost well. I think North America and Europe are their primary markets, but they're much like you know. There's there's a, a whole series of those those hotel products. I think there's Yotel. There's a, there's a uh, you know a, a, probably a dozen of them that have a pretty small room that's that's pretty highly designed, but very you know oriented toward the business traveler and it's just kind of uh, efficient and and nice but not not the same experience as say you know uh, a four seasons or a dream hotel or something like right that. It's, not, it's not about the social thing it's about the business side. yes yeah. i think that product is is going to be uh, again after the after the remote uh, resorts that's probably the product that will be next and then but but I do think overall people will still want to travel. They'll want to come together, and it'll it, these these most of the big uh, operators and flags have some pretty good ideas of how to deal with this. And again, if a year from now there's a vaccine, I don't know if it'll be such a big deal anymore. But I think there'll be impacts that will stay with us, the silver lining, so to speak. But some of the other things I think will humans tend to forget, uh, and if we're not at in trouble anymore from a safety standpoint. Yeah, 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 no, that's 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 very true. So as you as you look at the landscape of kind of how you know things are evolving, what's happening in in your world and around the globe, also, what are some things that you know give you hope? What what is what are what are some good things coming out of all of this? Well, I think there's 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 a pretty pretty good list that's growing. One is that that this event has created an openness that wasn't as much there before maybe around certain key ideas. So it's speeding up things that we were already thinking about or trying or doing in different ways at different places, depending on, on who and what, but, you know, so, so we say work from home, everybody's been, been playing with that for a while. Uh, but all of a sudden we had to really do it and make it work for, for, for everybody at once. Um, and so, you know, that's an, that's an aspect, but but I see like uh, there's huge environmental impacts that we're starting to understand around sustainability. 
you know, simple things like, well, when the when everything shut down, the air got significantly cleaner in all of our metropolitan areas. Yeah. And then I heard I heard uh, that recently there's been a new report that, that came out studying how uh, increased carbon, uh, the, uh, the, the more polluted the air is, uh, they actually have now some some documentation around how it impacts the human brain and, and it potentially it, it hurts us over time. So I think I think this is this is sort of a wake up call. There used to, there was a joke on the on I don't know Facebook or something. Uh, you know, Mother Nature just gave us a wake up call uh, that we better quit screwing around. And I think that's really true. And and this is creating an opportunity. So of the discussions we're having with with developers with um, corporations is really elevating the whole aspect of community of sustainability so so the silver lining i think is that things we were trying to figure out how to do now suddenly we were compelled to give them a lot more attention and that's going to have a positive impact and and like i was saying earlier from the planning standpoint uh, uh, of what some of these will, will do for communities i mean is there when i was talking about the decentralization is there a whole rebirth of the second tier and the small towns uh, around the major metropolitan yeah. areas and 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 that's enabled by technology and and you know the other area we haven't really talked about um, is retail which is just you know in on a waterfall now, they're not even a whitewater they're going over a waterfall and and it's you know what are the what are the impacts and ramifications of that people are getting pretty accustomed to having things delivered to them and they, when they go to store, go to a store with their masks, uh, it's it's really the the experience becomes the driver. And the other thing that that we we we're learning a lot about is the social, psychological, and physiological impacts that this is all creating. So, you know, the first first month or two, there were some physiological things that we were learning around work from home. All, all of a sudden, you're at your dining room table. Well, it's not an ergonomically correct chair. You just spent six hours working yeah. on a computer screen and, and meeting after meeting, and and you're pretty sore. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I remember I went to my chiropractor when they were allowed to open up, and I said, "How's business?" He goes, "Wow." That's <laughs> like, uh, so I think there, that's the physiological. What what I'm seeing more now is the psychological impact. You know, we have as as any business has, everybody is looking at their their employees or um, their 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 teams and and noting how things are changing and where there are impacts that maybe we didn't predict or we 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 didn't uh, understand yet around if you're if you have an employee that's a single person that's working from home day after day after day after day and we're in a lockdown it has a big impact on them and it depends it's very personal because yeah. it depends on their personality and their situation but i'm seeing all kinds of things around human resources uh that are you know we we i actually have a list of my employees that are single so that i can touch them a couple of times a week with a text or an email or something and say how you doing because if they're extroverts they're probably struggling and you know it, yeah. So it's very, it's, that's very interesting. And even the people who are, uh, you know, maybe can deal, can work from home pretty easily. Maybe they do more heads down work. Uh, you know, we have a lot of architects that are, you know, if you're detailing a stair and an office tower, 
work from home in your in your space and your computer is is pretty efficient and it and it works okay. But if you do that for weeks and weeks and weeks, you start to get a little stir crazy. And I think that's what we're what we're where we are now is I'm hearing more and more people say, you know, this is kind of depressing. I know I want I need to be around people. And when we had the discussion on I think it was NAOP or ULI a few weeks ago, uh, some of the the developers that were um, on that on that team on that uh, panel, you know, had said people want to be together. They want to work together. And I was like, well, I think that's true. I just don't know how we measure the, when we come out the other end of this thing, it's not going to be the same as it was before. I think there was sort of a, if you asked a month ago and the real estate community was said, well, we're going to get through this. going to be okay. Everybody's going to go back. Everything will be back to normal in, in you know, the fall or ne- early next year. And I, I think what we're starting to see is that's not going to be the case. We're, it's not going to yeah. go back to what it was before. It's going to be something different. Will will office space? Will um, the, some of the, some of the ways we use space still be relevant and important? Yeah, absolutely. But there's going to be a variety of of changes to how we work and why we work and where we work that are going to be. You know, you're going to have employees that say, "I don't want to. I don't need to come in the office, and I don't want to. I'm scared of it." Uh, this is maybe midterm, short term and midterm. Uh, so you're kind of going, okay. So what I'm really dealing with is not so much the actual technical requirements of keeping people safe. It's also an emotional discussion and humans are very emotional. And, uh, if I don't feel safe and you, as my employer, don't make me feel safe and you go into these gray areas and then, and then, Vlad, there's this whole new overlay of the last few weeks around social equity. So if we weren't already in the middle of dealing with the impacts of pandemic, uh, we're, we're now dealing with a, a, a very important and sensitive social problem. And that has impacted us as well. We, I don't know if we'll talk about that today, but uh, it is, it is uh, having an equal impact. And I'm actually being asked by studio, our other studios in, in other parts of the world how the U.S. practice is dealing with this. And uh, so there's yeah. a whole learning around that. It, it's, it's an interesting time. <laughs> yeah, that's an entirely different dimension, I think, that um, is not necessarily caused by, uh, by what's happening um, with the pandemic, but certainly heightened or amplified or however a- you want to Absolutely. Right? I mean, so. if you take millions of people and make them be in lockdown for a while and they're thinking about a problem or situation, it's going yeah. to be more impactful. Yeah. And I mean, and that's a good thing I think. That's right. I, as I said, I think there's a whole bunch of silver linings around this that uh if we're smart and we start talking about sustainability, environmental, mental mental health, all these things are things that we needed to address more robustly maybe than we were, not to say we weren't trying, but now it's now it's bubbled to the top and and I think that's a good thing. I think you'll see like we're doing some projects right now with owners that are asking for, you know, mass timber solutions. Well, this was a trend that was already underway and it's a great trend. It's using a renewable resource. We've there's all this data around how when people are in buildings where they can see wood and touch wood and and be around wood, they're healthier and they feel better. So it addresses all these things. Well, now all of a sudden, it's the first thing in a discussion with any client about a new product. 
So it's it's that's the kind of thing that that maybe was just on a, a slow growth path uh, six months ago and is now kind of got real. Yeah. Escalated. Yeah. yeah. And to yeah, me, that, exactly. that's exciting exactly. to see that be able to happen. Definitely. Well, Doug, thank you for your time. Stay safe. And uh, sounds like your world is uh, going to continue to evolve and uh, be a very interesting one. So hope to talk to you in the future very soon about how that's uh, all playing itself out. Look forward to it. Nice to speak with you as well. 